0: Hello, Clannish Church. Welcome to our sessions with Sandy. We trust that you'll be encouraged and equipped through these podcasts. Enjoy. Hello again, everyone. My name is Sandy Finfirin, counseling psychologist, and this is the second of four episodes in sessions with Sandy and I have said these are the ABCs of relationships. Today, we're going to be looking at bases and boundaries, and it's going to be part one. And you know, in the world of which we part, there are many examples of boundaries. We see perimeter fencing, we see walls, we see hedges, and a whole lot more. And these are visible and palpable boundaries, and they indicate ownership, That there is somebody who is responsible for that property and in the same way as physical walls and fences and hedges keep people out and gates can let people in and those same gates can allow us to dispose of refuse bags, (laughs) no place for baggage, Uh, we need to get rid of that as well. In the same way we have boundaries. So, in the therapeutic space, I've often referred to that classic called Boundaries. It's by Dr. Henry Cloud and John Townsend, and in fact, the Boundaries book is part of a trilogy. There's boundaries in marriage, boundaries with children, and then just straightforward boundaries. And it's well worth a read if you have not done so already. So please, for a moment, I just want you to think carefully about the analogy that Cloud and Townsend would use when they take a physical instance of a property with a wall around it. And they say that in the same way as a physical boundary is there, I have a way also in the non-physical to show where my boundary lines lie and where I end and someone else begins. And this leads me to a sense of ownership and responsibility for what is mine. This always reminds me, when I think about it, of Dr. M. Scott Peck. He wrote that book, The Road Less Traveled. Many of you will know it. And he was a psychiatrist, an excellent psychiatrist. And he made the observation that When we face life's difficulties, there are only three questions we can ask ourselves. Now, unfortunately, time does not allow for us to look at all three of the questions. But the one question, he says, is a key question, is what is mine to own and what is not mine to own? Dr. Peck was unequivocal when he stated that we need to be very clear about what it is that we are responsible for. Many, many times we can get so busy owning what others need to be taking responsibility for, neglecting what we ought to be taking responsibility for, and then worse yet, hoping that others will take responsibility for me and what I ought to be stewarding. So I want to say emphatically that I'm not insinuating for a moment that we are isolates. We Do work within a context, and I am of the conviction that no man is an island. But in the same breath, we need to be aware that there's a very thin line that can start to run between what we want to express as Christian compassion on the one hand and enabling on the other hand. You see, often codependent relationships are ignited because of blurred boundaries. And those blurred boundaries often become even more blurred when people do not understand the difference, for instance, between, let's say, sympathy on the one hand and empathy on the other hand. Sympathy has us dissolving into tears as we clamber into the proverbial sinking boat with the one who is already sitting there in tears. Having us both sitting there in tears is not going to get that person out of the pit. It is not helpful, and it does neither of us any good. Empathy, on the other hand, allows for us to draw on our or draw that non-sinking boat right alongside the beleaguered boat of another, and to sensitively and discerningly dispatch care. But back again to ownership. I need to remind myself. And we need to encourage also our children to do likewise from as early an age as possible. That I am responsible for my own body and my feelings and thoughts and a whole lot of other things. The list can go on and on and on. I'm responsible for my health as well, to make good choices, to have positive thoughts and to choose a response to every day that is life-giving. May I throw in at this critical juncture the work of Dr. Julian Rotter, who authored the concept of locus of control. And he said we must be very cautious that we don't superimpose on our children the requirement to take ownership prematurely. He said it's a gradual process. Our children aren't mini-adults. Initially, there has to be this external locus of control called the parent, and you need to be authoritative in that process. Our children need the safe base and boundary of an authoritative parent. And when those boundaries are modeled in a healthy way, very often our children are able to stand, have that boundary when pressure starts getting exerted on them from the outside, most often from their peers as they grow up. Then... Back to Julian Rotter and his analogy that it is really like gradually releasing the reins of a horse and drawing them back again when the horse looks like it wants to bolt prematurely. And eventually the locus of control can become internal. It cannot be a sudden handover as if it automatically happens for our children at a particular age. 13, 16, or whatever, and suddenly the child has to go from zero to hero, so to speak. So that is something that is key to bear in mind. But back now again to Cloud and Townsend, that I referred to at the earlier part of the session. And he says that, well, most particularly, Dr. Henry Cloud has belabored it, but John Townsend has continued to also endorse this that boundaries often get confused with walls. Walls are solid and they keep us closed off from receiving both good and bad. But boundaries actually need to be permeable and appropriately transparent with the necessary gates that allow the good in and keep the bad out. As explained a little bit earlier, I remain responsible for personal maintenance, for repairs, for decor and all sorts of other things. And again, you understand that this is a metaphor and we need to be able to develop some measure of discernment so we can identify who would be intruders are sometimes they present as sh- wolves in sheep's clothing. And I, I often think of a book like Michael Carmichael, Dr. Michael oh, Michael Christensen rather, and Rebecca Laird. They wrote a book on discernment where they trawled through all of Henry Nouwen's writings and they put it together. And it really is also a very useful resource, looking through the lenses of the framework of reference that we hold dear. So, again, I want to belabor the point that the bottom line is, I am responsible for me. I get to choose the people I want to share myself with and get to choose the degree of intimacy I desire with that person. Now there are many examples of ways that we can set boundaries but our time is up unfortunately (laughs) and we will have to wait for our next exciting installment. So please remember again it's application of this information that brings transformation not this information on its own so once more i say look forward to chatting to you all again soon bye for now thank you for joining us if you have any questions for sandy please email hello at glenridge.org.za your questions will remain confidential at all times